Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's up, guys? We are back. Uh, deer season's been really long. It's still going in extended archery seasons, but I've only got one spot, maybe two, in counties that I can do that in, so I've got a lot more free time. And since that's the case, we're going to start putting episodes out again. Uh, probably going to do a single single episode just on the whole season so far. Uh, got some ups, some downs, a lot of downs. Uh, but on the next episode, we are going to have my buddy JD Cobb from Drawback Outdoors come back on. We're going to talk bow setups, arrow setups. We actually have some stuff in the works that I think a lot of you guys are going to be interested in. Um, you know, so, some, uh, some stuff that I think people are really going to enjoy, you know, having to do mainly with, you know, bows and arrows and all of that. I'm not going to go into it too much because it just, we just have started talking about it, but you know, just, uh, giving you all the intro and it's, I'm telling you what, man, it's going to be a good year. I've got a good, a good feeling about this, a good feeling about our growth, good feeling about next deer season. Uh, you know, hopefully we can get one more deer down. I'm not really too sure what's going to happen yet. You know, if it does great, if not, I've had a good season, so I can't complain, but, you know, got guest lines up, lined up, and, dude, it's just going to be awesome, man. I mean, it really, really is feeling like a good year. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I hope everyone had a great New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Hopefully, the new year has started off good for you. For those of y'all still hunting, go kill that big buck, and if you've already killed it, then great. So, let's get on with the update episode. All right, Truck Talk Tuesdays number four is happening. Man, it feels good to be back. This season's been, uh, you know, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, mostly lows, like I said in the intro. Um, you know, I'm not going to repeat the intro, but we do have a lot of cool things coming. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. So this, this is kind of just going to be a BS session. Uh, you know, I know I've been away for a little bit trying to juggle podcasting and hunting and family life and man it's a lot you know you'll hear me say that a lot I mean it it is a lot to try and juggle but now that the season's coming to a close here the next three weeks um it it, there's gonna be more episodes I've got a lot I've got uh quite a few people that I told them hey look you know it's really hard to find time to do episodes during the season right now um I'll let y'all close your seasons out close mine out and then once season's over We'll, we'll start to get in episodes out, you know, hopefully once every week and we'll just keep it going until next season. Um, but this episode's basically just going to be me sort of recapping what's been going on with the season, some changes I've made with my setup and kind of some changes that I'm still going to be making that are in the works. I, uh, am switching arrow companies. I'm switching fletchings. I'm sticking with the G5 Megameet. Uh, I've actually had quite a bit of a a struggle with that. Um, Just kind of deciding on what broadhead I want to use. I mean, y'all heard me in the beginning of the season, really beginning of this episode, talking about, you know, either the Exodus or the Mega Meat, you know, and I'll use both. I've got, I've actually got two bows now. So what I'll probably end up doing is having one set up for one broadhead, one set up for the other, same arrow weight. Just if I feel like put, you know, hunting with the fixed blade, I'll take the fixed blade. If I feel like hunting with the uh, mega meat, then I'll take that one. 
And speaking of two bows, so originally I started the season off with uh, Blackout Intrigue XS. It uh, was actually my first bow I ever bought. And, you know, it was a good bow. It was dual cam bow. Um, sort of been playing around with my draw length here and there. I was originally set up with 28 inches. And I was having some consistency issues. You know, I was, it's not like I was way off the mark or anything. It's just... I wasn't as stable as I wanted to be. I wasn't as, um, I guess, accurate as I wanted to be. And, I, you know, there was quite a few things. I was having some knock left issues. You know, I thought that was a spine problem. Turns out it wasn't. It was uh, just a rest issue and also probably some of my form that I needed to work on, which, thankfully, I figured that part out. Um, but, yeah, that uh, the blackout's a badass bow. You know, it really is. It it's not ridiculously fast by any means. It's not like a, you know, 342 or 350 feet per second bow, but you know, it's a 315 FPS and you can pretty much range it all the way from, I think it's like 25 inch draw to 30 inch draw. And so I originally, like I said, started off at 28. I dropped down to 27 and actually liked that a lot. The only thing about it I didn't like is I was shooting 70 pounds at 27 inches and I couldn't go any higher on weight not because I couldn't pull it but just because the bow doesn't go any higher than that and what I started noticing was that my arrow flight was a little bit slower which with the weight arrow I was shooting or am shooting still it you know it, it lost a little bit of momentum and just kind of I feel like for that bow I should have a fixed blade you know that's the bow I killed pickles with I didn't get a pass through now that whole situation you know, it got lodged in the offside shoulder. He was quartered away. The arrows weren't tuned right. The bow wasn't tuned. Right. I mean, it just, it was, it was a bunch of different things that caused that arrow not to go all the way through. But that being said, my buddy JD from Drawback Outdoors decided to get a new Hoyt. So he was selling his, um, his Bear Paradox. And I decided to pick that bow up from him. Now that bow is, um, kind of, it's, it's sort of similar to to the blackout except it's a single cam which at first was very hard to kind of get used to honestly because the draw cycle was way different from my dual cam uh the dual cam it's one solid rhythm it you don't really feel like the the let off kick in and there's no i guess you would call it like a valley you know you kind of just pull all the way through and then you have to hold it back and the let off was not as high as what the bear is the bear is also maxed out at 62 and a half pounds. So I'm shooting less poundage, but the bow's faster. It's a 330 foot per second bow. Um, so that basically what that did is I set both bows up to the same draw length, maxed out weight, and they actually shoot the same speed. So really it comes down to what's more comfortable. Do I want to use the dual cam as my hunting bow? And this is something that I was struggling with a little bit um, in the beginning was do I want to use this dual cam as my hunting bow because I can pull 70 pounds. I can just have, you know, like the standard poundage weight. Um, but I'd have to be shooting 27 inches or should I pull the bear, which is a lot more forgiving when you when you pull back and then you can hold it too like the let off on that is ridiculous because i could hold it back as long as i need to 
the blackout wasn't really the same way. Um, I did kind of struggle and maybe I was over pounds or over, you know, my limit on poundage. I don't know, but with a short draw length, you know, I, I, I didn't really want to be shooting like 60, 65 pounds. Um, the cool thing about the, uh, the bear was that it, JD set it up for me before I got it. He put it at 27 and a half and that was pretty comfortable, honestly, but you know, having that between 27, 28, it was pretty good. Um, but the, again, the lower poundage, I wanted more speed, more power behind my arrow and I'm not shooting a light arrow. I know speed is not the most important thing, but with the sights that I've, that I've gotten, cause I'm using two different single pin sights. I wanted to be able to have both of those sides be set up the exact same on my tape. And like I said, have two bows to basically choose from. And in case one of them breaks, God forbid, then I've got a bow I can hunt with that's set up and is the same speed and everything um, as the bow that either I'm not hunting with or that needs work or whatever the situation might be. So currently I've been hunting with the bear. The bear is very comfortable. It's a little heavier, but it's quieter. It's much, much quieter. And I really like that single cam system. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm not a genius or any, anything like that with bows. I mean, I know a little bit about them, but the, the draw cycle on that, once you get used to it is actually pretty nice. And I haven't shot anything with it yet. Unfortunately, you know, I haven't really had any opportunities on any deer. I did have one about three weeks ago, but the spot that I was in the neighbor's dog, the wind was good for the deer, but the wind was blowing towards their dog. And that dog did not shut up for the entire morning. So I'm sitting in this tree and this doe comes down the hill. And at this point, I'm, you know, I've been chasing after tank. I've been chasing after this new deer called bingo. Um, he's just a, you know, hundred, maybe 105 inch, 110 inch, eight point, you know, good deer bigger than pickles was, but you know, not, not anywhere near tank size. I mean, tank is the absolute biggest deer I've seen on this property all season. And he, I mean, his name speaks for himself. Let's just, let's just say that. So anyway, this doe comes down the hill. I see her. I'm waiting for her to come in front of me. Cause I don't have a shot. And I guess maybe I moved a little more than I should have. I, I didn't think I did, but long story short, she got a little spooked and was looking in my direction. So I'm frozen. I'm not moving. And she calms down a bit. She starts walking down again. Then the dog just goes ballistic and starts barking his head off. She runs off. Um, so that, that was, that was it. I mean, that was the last time I saw any deer in daylight on, on this property, on my grandparents' property. Unfortunately, regular season's over now. Um, and I'm convinced, I am convinced these deer, at least on this property, know when deer season is because no joke yesterday morning the day after season went out i had about half the does on the property out in daylight in the field that i've been hunting this entire season and you know i've got three spots on this property i've got one on a ridge one in a creek bottom and one in the field i pulled all my cameras out of the other two spots because those aren't my main spots usually that dog will bark every time i walk in and almost every time i haven't seen any deer I don't know if it's because the dog, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if they just weren't in the area. Um, cause the neighbor, the neighbor, Robert, who's a good buddy of mine did kill a spike or not a spike. He killed like a little forky about a month ago. Um, when me and JD were hunting out there and you know that, I mean, congrats to him. That's awesome. But I, these deer, for whatever reason, just did not come on this property much in daylight after the rut started. 
So I think what I've learned with uh, my Gramps' property is that early season to pre-rut, it is on fire. It's a great spot. It's a, it, it, I mean, I killed pickles the second weekend of season. So, and, and even after that, I still had deer showing up in daylight. No big bucks, but I had does, little bucks, all that stuff. Bluey stuck around and then tank showed up and daylighted on October 25th which I've always been told, at least in our little area, um, it, that that's when big bucks always daylight. Now, is that 100% true? Probably not. But it is what it is. I mean, the good thing is tanks survive the season. Bingo survived the season. So basically what that means is I've got something to look forward to now even more than just, you know, next season over there. I've got the hope and possibility that tank survives through the offseason and if he does, because I'm going to be feeding them throughout the offseason, he's, he's going to get bigger. I mean, there's no, there's no way he won't. He's only four years old at the oldest, and I've got really high hopes that if I can figure out, like I've, I'm saving all my photos, I'm saving all the notes that I wrote down of what he did this season, so I'm hoping that next season I can get a shot on him. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, those deer know when, when season's out. I'm convinced of it. And it was really weird over there i like i said i don't know what what happened i'm not gonna say that i put too much pressure on them maybe i did because i mean you know i was there every weekend for the most part uh i hadn't i haven't hunted my rockdale spot in at least two months so i mean over there i've had a camera there there hasn't been too much movement but i also haven't been feeding much and those deer use that little funnel that i'm hunting as well, a funnel, you know, they use it as transition. Um, Tyler, my buddy that hunts across the street, actually shot Max um, back in November. So Max is dead. I don't know if I'd mention that in another video or another episode, but if I didn't, congrats, Ty. Um, that's awesome, dude. And, you know, I actually am going to have Tyler come on and tell the story about, about Max because I've been hunting this deer for two years and he's known about him, but he didn't really show up on his property much. And I was at work one day and I got a text from Tyler with a picture of Max and him holding him. And I was like, well, there goes that one buck that I wanted to shoot over there. Cause I haven't seen nugget. I haven't seen uh, Vader or any of those guys. Again, I haven't really been feeding. I'm actually on the way to go put some feed out over there right now because since regular season's over, that's the only spot I can hunt that and up at JD's place. So that kind of brings me into extended archery and the plan for that is to hunt my in-laws place as much as i can within reason i don't want to put too much pressure in there i actually moved spots there's a um a little thicket that's got this clearing in it that i know these deer go through every single time i've ever seen a deer come out of there that's where they go and the tree that i found that i can climb into it's honestly the best tree i think i should have been hunting this tree from the get-go um, because the way it works is I put, so I'm putting the feed down into the, this Creek bottom that, or not Creek bottom, I'm sorry, this thicket that has this clearing and there's a tree I can get in that I can see into the thicket and it's this, you know, 20, 25 yard shot. So it's not that far, but it's, it's enough that I can, I don't have to go super high, but I can go right to where I'm above the thicket enough that I've got a shot and no branches are going to be in the way and they're not going to see me. So that's the only tree on the entire property because it's not that big. I've got maybe an acre or two acres that I can actually hunt 
and most of it is so thick you can't see into it anyway so i've got to hunt you know a certain spot and just i guess in a way hope that i can draw them there i hate to say that because i don't like you know hunting in a spot where i just i'm like oh well i hope they show up because i mean that's not you know i mean that's hunting but that's not smart hunting in my opinion but at this point i don't have a choice i mean i'm probably going to lose this spot after the season's out so i'm just going to make the best of it and you know if i don't kill another deer i'm not i'm not going to be picky if if some does show up i'm definitely going to shoot a doe we need some of them uh we need more deer meat in the freezer because pickles is about half gone and i honestly thought i would have another deer in the freezer by now but it is what it is you know god god's probably humbling me after getting so worked up about pickles so it's just it's part of it you know um so yeah moving on to arrows uh i have currently got and i want to make a or i want to give a shout out to steve Pittman, dude you're the man i'm uh i'm taking everything to you you know I, i'm i've got my bow my bear needs to get restrung. i'm gonna get a new peep i've got a new site or a new rest coming in um thursday that i'm gonna have them set up once the season's out like that bow is gonna be on point and i'll make a whole video or episode about that once once everything's set up and all that but steve you're the man he's currently fletching up some new arrows i'm switching to i'm gonna be running the uh blood sport punishers they're a 7.9 gpi which i know is light but i i had one at the house and going back to that knock left knock right stuff that i was talking about i had firmly believe that you know it was my bow set my bow tuned and my arrow tune like i thought that i just had to knock tune but that didn't fix the problem and so i shot that blood sport and that you know those arrows hit straight every single time and they are a 350 spine i am gonna have 125 grains up front in insert then 100 grain point i know to some people that might sound a little bit weak but hey it works man you know i'm not shooting 70 pounds anymore at least with you know those arrows unless i use the blackout but we'll see what happens with that i have plenty of other arrows i can switch to that are well within the same uh grain weight as the blood sports are going to be so you know i'll figure that part out but i've got steve cutting them to my length and he's going to be fletching them up for me with some aae keep hammering uh cam haynes veins they are i think 8.3 grains per vein and they're 2.7 inches long i'm doing three fletch you know i was going to go four fletch but if i do that i lose some foc i think the arrow weight altogether is going to be like 487 with 15 and a half percent and after talking with t-bone he said that anything between 450 and 550 at the at the lower end you know he wants at least 15 percent. so i think t-bone would approve <laughs> but um yeah so that's kind of the arrows that i'm going to go with and let's see sights so i guess to kind of close this out you know this isn't going to be a long episode I, I don't really have too much to update everybody on it's kind of just saying hey i'm still alive you know i've got a lot more content coming it's just been like i said earlier kind of hard to get everything together but uh, the sites that I've been using. So a while back when I shot pickles, I was using a fix pin, um, dead ringer site. And that's an awesome site. You know, it, it gets the job done. But something I noticed is 
I don't know if it's my attention span. I don't know what the deal is, but I started realizing that I was kind of getting distracted. Like people will say, oh, a fixed pin's great because you already have your pin set. And, that, and that's true. That's very true. And in one of my earlier episodes, I think it was the pickles episode, I even said that I was having you know, trouble deciding if I want to use my 15-yard pin or my 20-pin. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have those, but I like an, a more open sight picture. So I ended up getting an HHA Optimizer Lite uh, single pin, put that on the, on the blackout, and before I bought the bear, it was shooting great. I got it sighted in. Everything was good. I threw that side on the bear, had to resight it in because the bear was faster. And I mean, I loved that sight. The only thing about it I don't like is honestly how short it is and the fact that I couldn't put a quiver bracket on there. I tried. I, I asked um, Casey Crawley from Ace, Ace Hardware's bow shop up in Augusta. And, I, you know, I reached out to him because Jay had mentioned him to me before. I've, I've talked with Casey a few times when I go up there to get some stuff. They actually built my victory arrows that I was hunting with. And, you know, Casey's a smart dude. He's cool as hell. He, he's an awesome guy. So I reached out to him and I said, Casey, I'm having some issues, man, with, you know, I, I can't put my quiver on the site. You know, I saw that they make a bracket, but I don't really want to spend the money. And, you know, at the time, I was having to stick with this site. So I was like, what do I do? Well, he gave me some spacers and I guess I probably should have brought the, the bow and the sight and all that stuff in. But at the time, I, I just wasn't thinking about it. You know, I don't really feel comfortable leaving my bow in my work van just because, God forbid, someone try to break in. I know they would take it and then I'm out of a bow. And uh, so anyway, I reached out to him. He gave me some spacers. They didn't work. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, I came into a little bit of money for the holidays and I'm like, I'm just going to buy a different site. I have my eyes on the Trophy Ridge Alpha Slide, which I really like. And it actually comes with a bracket that you can mount on the site itself and you put your quiver on and you're good to go. And I also like the upside down V that they have. It, it kind of, when you look through your peep, you know, the, the single pin, like an actual pin, it, it's nice. You know, it's not like you're going to be looking at other things, but that V sort of helps you line up. You know, it, it lets you know aside from your bubble, but it also helps you see if you're level on the animal or not or on the target. So I bought that site, got it sighted in, and I love it. I absolutely love it. it it's got, I'm not knocking HHA, but it's got really good micro adjust. It's toolless. I don't have to take an Allen wrench or anything out there, you know, and, and possibly strip out some, some bolts. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that HHA uh, on the blackout, use it. Like I said, if I feel like shooting a fixed blade, I'll use that. But I'm, I mean, honestly, I, I tinker all the time. God knows what I'm going to be doing next season. I could be using completely different broadheads and then this whole podcast episode is just pointless, but I, I'm going with the mega meat for now, just cause you know, I like the, the big hole. I know that it dumps a little bit of energy, but how much energy I'm putting out based off of having a non a, a, a bow that wasn't tuned well and an arrow that wasn't tuned well and I still was able to kill pickles I think now that my stuff is tuned right you know I'm, I'm not worried about it you know even if I don't get a full pass through as long as I can kill the animal ethically I'm good um, so yeah that's what I'm sticking with 
and let's see what else is there that's been going on i guess really that's it you know there's 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 not much else to say other than i hope everyone's had a great season and there's a lot coming you know i actually just passed the house that had a 3d target out front of a giant pope and young so that kind of got me a little excited it's good seeing people getting into archery you know that's what this podcast is basically about it's just people in the archery industry stuff i'm doing with archery stuff my buddies are doing new product coming out um there is something that i know about that i can't say anything yet um i'm gonna have to talk to jay about it to see if i can mention it and oh that's another thing that i'm actually really excited to tell you all about so i reached out to jay i had this idea and 10 minutes from my house is my local wma and they have a 3d course um I reached out to Jay and I said, hey, uh, once season's out, you know, before turkey season, because I know I know that, you know, you're a huge turkey hunter. I know you're going to be busy with that. I was like, what do you think if we made a video? You know, you can post it on your on your channel. It's content for you. I don't need a podcast episode or anything. Just what do you think if we, you, me, a couple of your buddies, a couple of my buddies, and JD went out to uh, Clive WMA and did a 3D shoot, make a video out of it, you know, you could post it on YouTube and we could all just go out there, shoot our bows, have a good time and, you know, maybe get some some content out of it. And he was all about it, you know, so we're going to be doing that once it starts warming up a bit. And I'm excited, man. I really am. I mean, it's it's going to be nice getting to shoot a bow around with with a legend like Jay and just hang out with some cool dudes and have a great time. So um, there'll be more coming on that. I just wanted to give you all a little a little heads up on on what's coming down the pipe and man it's you know we're all so blessed to be able to do this I, I hope that everybody kind of gets it that it's not about killing the world's biggest deer you know it of course everybody wants to shoot a giant buck i mean that look i'm the first person to tell you that i will literally go and pass up you know three four does young bucks i mean I, honestly if i had seen bluey middle of this season i would have passed them up because of tank and that's just you know everyone's got their thing and and i can't say that it's dumb to do that because it's not i mean if you want to only go out there and kill big bucks dude do it if you are hunting for meat only do it you know i'm the person i'm the kind of person that's i'm sort of in the middle you know especially when it gets later in the season and i haven't shot anything at this point i'll take what i can get um but you know i just i hope everybody understands like it's not it's not a pissing contest. It, it, it can be kind of looked at that way sometimes, but this is a community, you know, this is, this is a bunch of people that have the right, the God given right to hunt these animals. And hopefully everyone does it ethically. You know, I've talked to a few people, unfortunately, some are in the family and they're like, Oh, well, if you can't kill that buck, just go out there at night with a spotlight. And I'm like, dude, I'll never do that. I, I don't believe in that. I don't think that's right. You know, if you're not going to hunt ethically and by the rules and by the laws, don't do it. You know, just, just, it's not that hard. The laws are great. We live in a state that they're pretty lax on their laws compared to other ones. You know, I've been listening to some podcasts and people are talking about laws. Like I think it was Iowa or something. They've got some laws that don't make any sense. And like Illinois, I know I was listening to working class bow hunter recently with uh, the big time guys. And they were talking about how it doesn't make any sense why you can't feed, you know, even even in off season and i don't know if a lot of people know that but like these deer especially up north i mean down here yeah we had that cold snap and you know 
these deer can survive that. I'm sure there might have been a couple that, that didn't survive it. But for the most part, they can survive 20-degree weather. You know, they can survive weather in the teens. But up there, man, they they don't even let them feed in the off-season. And you've got deer that rely on food sources. And, and it can get pretty tough to, to survive up there. So why not help these deer get through the winter when it starts getting below 20 or below 30? You know, I mean, they, they were finding deer frozen solid. So... I don't know. I'm not going to jump into it. That's a whole nother podcast. I'm sure me and JD are going to touch on that. Um, you know, when we do our podcast next week, but I don't know. I just hope everyone's had a good season and thanks to everybody who's been listening, all the, all the people reaching out saying how much they enjoy all the guests that we've had on so far. Um, you know, I feel like it's going to be a big year for Southeastern bow hunter. So that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.